0: Now let's get into this week's show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State. I'm your host, Josh Raley. We've got our co-host, Mr. Pierce Nellis on the line. Pierce, what's up, buddy?
1: Not a whole lot, man. The rut is uh, quickly approaching.
0: Dude, dude, it is October 30th when we're recording this, and we intentionally pushed this episode. we had gotten like a couple weeks ahead Mm -hmm. uh, on episodes, but we intentionally kind of stopped recording because we wanted this information, what we're talking about right now, to be super, super timely and to like get updates on the hunts and that kind of thing. You had a hunt that you went on, uh, or a couple of hunts that we're going to get into here in just a second, but... Dude, my cameras just turned on last night. Like, Mm -hmm. it has been crickets. You went in there and hung some cameras for me. And the first deer on camera was a good buck, really good buck. Probably a two-year-old, but a stupid two-year-old, like 125, 130-plus-inch two-year-old. Just dumb. Um, He's got
1: the frame to get real big. He's
0: got the frame to get real big, but he was that one-year-old from last year. Mm-hmm. And as a one-year-old, he was probably pushing 100 inches. Like, he was probably 85, 90 inches as a one-year-old. Yeah. And so it's like, man, what a what a shame that dude lives on public because <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him. He could be
1: very well managed.
0: Dude, he could be very, very well managed. And he may make it. I mean, there's giants out there all the time, like on this piece of public. But, um, yeah, I hope he keeps living, man. That, what an awesome deer. But, anyway, got one good deer. Cameras then were quiet after that basically a whole lot of nothing got a hunter on there sneaking through um again not encouraging dude had some nice gear though i did notice that he's got a predator <laughs> platform from tethered and a couple other things um but last night cameras just went off what about yours
1: yeah i saw a pretty good uptick in uh camera activity at least yesterday um and then again this morning this morning things really seem to switch on um you know as the overnight temps continue to dip um, I, I think we had a little bit of precipitation last night too, uh where my camera's at over in Dane County. And so um yeah, we've got we've got some good precipitation scheduled for tonight into tomorrow, hopefully when you guys are listening to this, it'll be snowing up by you, uh, if you're in that area of the state. Um Josh, you didn't panic at all when those cameras went quiet, did you?
0: Are you kidding me, Pierce? <laughs> like I, I you've gotta be intentionally picking on me because like I literally was freaking out like 100% ready to abandon the plan this place is garbage I need to find a new piece of public to hunt on uh I better maybe I can call an outfitter last minute and get somebody to let me on their (laughs) one of their leases or something like a you know a a semi-guided hunt like I got to go somewhere because this spot's not it absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely not panicked in the sense of like not panicked in the sense of like I'm worried and wringing my hands, but like moving to like make the next decision, like move on. Yeah, You know, yep. like, all right, what's this next? This is a dead
1: zone. What's next? Right. Yep.
0: This is dead. I need to move on. And you told me just to chill out. And you were right. You are right. <laughs> so I had four or five small bucks cruise through last mm-hmm. night. A bunch of does, a couple of does at different times, like ran through kind of. And so I'm Mm -hmm. guessing they were getting pushed around in the bedding and stuff throughout the night. Um, And two, I finally put it together. This place where I'm thinking about typically in, so last year was corn and it was really good on corn years. It's not as good on bean years on this side. Um, The other side's really good when it's beans. This side's not so much. Um, It's beans this year. Mm -hmm. And that I'm guessing it was harvested when you went in, right? Or did you see the field? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So I think it's done, dude. Like, I I think it's just those travel corridors just aren't hot right now Mm -hmm. because they're primarily (laughs) rut corridors. We don't have bucks cruising from one doe bedding area to one doe bedding area necessarily just yet. Right. You know, they're just starting to or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that these cameras wouldn't be popping off right now unless there's something to get the deer up and moving through there. It's kind of my thought process.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. And it's, it's so thick in there too, that I mean, they've got a million places that they could be, you know, if they are getting pressured by hunters getting in there in the early season, they've got so much opportunity to just go sit somewhere else. Cause there there's now is the thing that you know you and I were talking about when I went in to go and uh, hang those cameras for you is that there's, there's so many spots that are just covered into your sign (laughs) that there's no (laughs) way in hell you could hunt them. Right absolutely no you could maybe ground hunt it but i mean even then you're like it's not quite thick enough down there for you to be able to you know reliably ground hunt and the canopy is so freaking tight and a lot of those trunks are so small that you couldn't get up in a tree if you tried to so it's a really weird um just kind of a thicket that i mean they've the deer have the advantage in that in that scenario for sure so it's, it's definitely a property that seems to lay out uh you know well for the rut, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you've got bucks just hopping between all of that,
0: yep, yeah. And that's where you know, I, I think um, part of my plan that has shifted, and it's kind of been this all along, but I want to get back into the thick of some of that away from the timber and more mm-hmm. into kind of the marshy territory and maybe even just spend a morning or an evening glassing, um, yeah. I might spend my first evening doing that actually if the wind cooperates and, and will let me mm-hmm. do it. Getting back into just, I sent you, I send you a pin the other day of the really secluded spot? It's like way, like it is, it is literally the yeah. furthest corner of the public that you can get to. Yep. yep. And, you know, it, it, it's secluded. And mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, good luck seeing, seeing through it all. But you're right. I mean, but if, you know, if you got a buck cruising through there, you'll catch glimpses of him.
1: Right. You know we're what I mean? On, and from the, the standpoint of because that's a slightly more elevated position as well. So if you're hoping to maybe see a buck get up out of his bed if he's bedded out in that marsh, I think that could be a really really good spot. For it could
0: it. be a really good spot, dude. And there are a couple of other. So I've been looking at that spot on the on on, on X here, and there are a couple of features that combine that make me think that could be money back in there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it. It may be ditches, it may be creeks, it may be swamps. Who knows what it is, but let me tell you right now, Pierce, I think I think, uh, I think, think it's going to be good.
1: I think there's got to be some sort of a deer really, really enjoying itself back there.
0: There's an animal in there. There's an yeah. animal in there. And actually, so there's an ag field right near that corner. Remember yeah. I told you I filmed two good ones last year, almost getting a fight in an ag field, and then yeah. one of them finally yeah. worked off with the does? Mm-hmm. That- Ag field is the ag field I filmed those deer in. Okay. So there was a good one back in there last year. Yeah, like, definitely. Like real good, like like as big as the one I shot, if not bigger. So no
1: kidding. Yeah. Anyway, do you think he's do you think he's down in that marsh? Do you think he's just hang, hanging out there all day?
0: Oh yeah, dude. There's so if you go back in there, there's so much bedding.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: it's just nasty, thick, and I've hunted in there. Like I've hunted in there early season quite a bit trying to catch them coming back out of the ag into the marsh and um it's it's like so thick during the early season you don't stand a chance of getting in there with any kind of quiet time. right like you're you're making lots and lots and lots of noise to get in right there, you know right um, how,
1: how do you go like wh- what's your mindset what's your strategy when you're going into a um you know sort of a marshy kind of a wetland type area. How how are you breaking that down? Because, man, I've been busting my hump the last couple of weeks on uh, this patch of public um, over along the Wisconsin. That's basically, it's normally islands, but everything's, because we were in such a drought this year, everything is uh, pretty much all the water's gone out of it. So you can walk between islands super easily. And a lot of the cattails grew up um, real tall. And there's a lot of deer sign out there. Um, but man, I am just like scratching my head on how to just break it down to the point where, I mean, the last two times, three times I've been out there, I think I've just been running around kind of just skirting all the edge of the islands, just looking for, okay, where are the main access points for these deer? Where's the most sign? And then I'm going to kind of connect the dots from there.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's that's exactly it, man. It is it is where are they getting onto the mainland? Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: you can hunt those cattails, man, and there are people that do it. And I've seen people, you know, go out and they'll like walk a shooting lane into the cattails, and then you know, kind of go sit in the shoot, like sit at an angle to this lane that they've created, and you know, trying to shoot a single deer trail. But that's such low odd. That's such a low odds game. Uh, I think I think you get to where they're first touching dry land, basically. Or first mm-hmm. touching, you know, the mainland of the island. You know, once they're up yeah. out of the cattails or whatever. But, dude, coves and points have been really good for me. And, and again, it's that's just where they're accessing. You know, mm-hmm. I've found, actually, I've found quite a bit. And you, you look at all the Dan Infault stuff. And he hunts a lot of those points where deer like to bed off the points. I have found, like, for me personally, I find more deer bedded in, like, the coves. Than on the points, sure. if a co if that makes sense. So like where the mm-hmm. where the cattails jut up into the island, maybe. Yeah. And there's like a little bay of cattails almost. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. I've seen more deer bedded. And
1: sure, so, you know it's interesting to say that. That's when I saw the majority of the beds, at least. Um, oh okay. On these islands as well was in those. In the, I guess, yeah, for lack of a better term, in those coves, yeah, um, yeah. on the island, not in the cattails, but right. like on the island, just barely in there,
0: right, right. And so, you know, I don't, I guess, in my area or the area that I hunt in Wisconsin, they just use them a little different than than where Dan's mm-hmm. at. But, um, yeah, I've had a lot more success targeting that, or, um, I, I don't want to get too too specific. You've gone, <laughs> you've been to, you've been to the place now, so like you know. If I get too specific about it, like, that's a unique spot.
1: It is, Like, yeah. there's
0: not a lot of places like it. So, if I get too specific about it, people are going to be like, ha, ha, I know exactly mm-hmm. where you're at. Um, but there are, there's a diversity in cover in the marsh, and around those pockets of diversity, there's a specific kind of plant that the deer just seem to hug. They seem to cling to it. Um and it's common for this area, so it's it's actually common in a lot of spots. But that red osier dogwood, um, mm-hmm. dude, they just hug all around it. Um, and it seems to grow in like I don't know for the, but for this marsh, it seems to be growing where like it's wet, but it's not too yeah. wet. It's like not too right. wet to bed there. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's definitely There's wet all kind around. Of dead
1: it. brush and stuff that they can lay on it and right. still stay semi dry, but right. underneath it is yeah,
0: right, right. And so. Um, Anyway, I find a lot of that. So if I can find like a cove, maybe it's a bigger cove, but with like mm-hmm. a couple of like islands of that stuff out in that cove, dude, sitting on that cove or that point, and waiting for them to stand up out of that junk, it's a good good way to do it. But recipe for disaster. Yeah, but dude, I I have literally been. It might have been you, dude. So two years ago, I was out scouting a piece. And I got a phone call and I can't remember if it was you or my buddy, Ryan, but I answered the phone. I'm like in deer bedding. Like, I'm like, holy, like I'm standing in deer beds, you know, in red Mm -hmm. Osier dogwood down in this bottom. This is on a piece of private. Um, And I answer the phone. I'm standing there. I'm looking around, looking around for a long time. And then I hear my, my phone starts ringing. So I answer it. And when I answer it, a deer gets up like eight feet from me (laughs) and walk and walks off. Did not give a rip that I was there, because mm-hmm. it felt so secure in that stuff. Because yeah. of, it just creates this little like, I don't know, man. Well, nasty. And dome, that's the
1: coolest thing too that I've I've experienced at least a, about this more wetland um, in environment. I guess is that you know because I had a very similar thing my first time walking these islands. I found a really really thick patch of bedding just kind of in some willows, and I walked past this patch three or four times. Like I was taking pictures of rubs. I think I was like, you know, sending them to you and stuff, dropping on X pens and stuff and like kind of retracing my steps and looking around. And then it wasn't until I got probably, I don't know, 50 yards past it. That all of a sudden the brush kind of like exploded and this deer ran out. I never got eyes on it, whether or not it was a buck <laughs> or a doe, but like, right. I mean, I was within 10 feet of that thing multiple right. times while I was there. And I probably, should have had my head up a little bit more than uh, down to my phone, but
0: <laughs> hey, it happens, man. It, happens. Uh, it
1: was a research mission.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Man, dude, I can't wait. I'm so
1: stuck right I know, now, man. Uh, <laughs> so, all it's right, it's just such a different game co- too compared to like the hill country. Like, it's a totally different mindset. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm Do- literally like, I'm not chasing elevation i'm not chasing like okay how's my wind blowing because like can i blow it off of a point i can blow it off a point of an island but i'm not going to blow it like you know over the top of a deer you know what i mean like at this point on on these in these wetlands it's just so flat obviously but (laughs) yeah
0: but dude it's so deary man like and Mm -hmm. i and i have people that are like hey man if you're going up to wisconsin like why would you go there why wouldn't you go to southwest wisconsin like there's bigger deer You know, you've got some topography that really pinches down how these deer are moving. Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at some of the public out there, man, it's like, oh, okay. I tell you right now what these deer are doing. (laughs) Like, they can't do anything else. It's, they're not going to climb that, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, not if they're trying to travel efficiently or any, anyway. Um, But dude, these wetlands have just got me, man. Like, that's just, I don't know. I just feel deery and I feel like I'm down in there in it with them, you know, like a I literally feel in the game every time I get down in there.
1: Totally. Yeah. So. It, it almost, I don't want to say it's more of a puzzle, but like it, it almost feels like it's a little bit more of a puzzle trying to figure out, okay, like there's all these spots that it, they could be. Right. How exactly are they moving through all of this?
0: Right. Right. And I think that there's, there is a sense in which there are some wetland pieces that just, they're not feature rich enough. Mm-hmm. And so they're just an absolute enigma, like, like who knows yeah. which betting pocket of red or dogwood or whatever they're betting around. But when it comes to this spot and others like it, that I like to hunt, um, there are enough other features that tip the hand, tip the deer's hand a little bit, or mm-hmm. at least make their movement a little more predictable than it would be otherwise, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so, definitely. uh, dude, let's jump into it, man. We are, I leave tomorrow. Yeah. I leave I tomorrow night. To
1: say, are you packed yet?
0: Dude? No, but Holy cow. Back behind me. I've got a cleaner than it was earlier this morning basement. <laughs> uh, so that's a, that's a bonus. I've got a deer cart. I can see my sticks and platform and backpack and saddle and all my junks right there. As soon as we get off the phone here, I'm going to, um, as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to pack up the soundboard all my podcasting gear. Um, might even see if you'll let me call you like Halloween night on the way up and just record another podcast. Just, you know, absolutely embrace the drive a little bit. So, cause I'm going to (laughs) be, um, we're going to trick or treat man, and then I'm getting in the car and I'm going to drive through the night. So, uh, it will not only be an opportunity to podcast, but it will be an opportunity for me to not run off the road and die. Um, you know, because you'll be on the phone with me to keep me awake.
1: So. Absolutely. 2 a.m. We'll book it. <laughs>
0: I, don't, I don't know. If we got to go that late <laughs> f- just for your sake. Um, but yeah, so I hope to be there midday, Wednesday, mid morning, Wednesday morning, maybe would be, actually be really nice. Get in there and do some scouting. And man, I'm really fighting this thing right now, and I want your guidance on it. It is tempting at this point to say, I know two or three good rut spots. Mm -hmm. I could jump in there and throw a couple sits at it just to see what's going on. Like, that feels easy to me. Jump in there. All right, got a good win for this one. I'm just going to get in there and see, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I did that a little bit last year. It almost cost me um, a little bit. There's also a part of me, though, that's like, no, when you get there, just – just blast it just blast the whole place cover the whole thing as much as you pot you know as much as reasonable i mean you've been out there it'd take you days to cover the whole thing yeah but like you know cover it as much as as is reasonable find the area you want to be and hone in what do you think man like should i should i get there and just have a good hunt like have a hunt where i just hang and kind of break the ice because this is my first hunt of the year i don't have any other any other hangs in me right now
1: right i i Man, that's a tough call because there's part of me that wants to be like, yeah, get in there, go to a tried and true spot and, you know, just, you know, get a good sit in, knock the rust off and uh, get warmed up, see a few deer and, you know, have fun. And then after that, start kind of hopping around. But at the same time, I I definitely see the, the benefit of getting in there, going to that corner of the property you mentioned and just having a total scout mission. Um, that first evening, you know, obviously if you can combine the two, I don't know if that's a, a spot where, you know, it's worth getting up in a tree and setting up off of a trail kind of, you know, we near where all that stuff converges and, you know, just, you know, have the bow with you, but more than anything, the binos are in hand. Um, yeah, you know, just kind of watching for stuff. I,
0: so, so I sat that high spot, uh, for mm-hmm. turkeys to, yeah two years ago mm-hmm. and I had 15 or so deer come up out of that marsh and work okay. their way into that ag field near that yeah. corner.
1: I would give it a sit then.
0: Um, so I know they're bedding out in there and I know they're not mm-hmm. bedding far. And right. I think I know how to get in there without bumping them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody else is going to put in the work to get back in there to be honest with you. Cause it's a, right. it's a beast to get, back yeah. in there. Like it's the kind of territory where like you're walking and you're fine. And the next thing you know, the mud is up to your knees and oh, then, God. and then you're fine <laughs> again. And you're like, what was the difference? Yeah. I don't know. Nobody knows. It's just, that's where, <laughs> that's where the deep mud is. Like, you'll just never know. Right. Um, so i I mean, I'm bringing hip waders to get back in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if there's deer back there, man, and, the, and there's good bedding nearby, I think yeah. it's definitely worth, um, Yeah, because worst comes to worst, I mean, I I know that that's quite a ways from where your cameras are at. So worst comes to worst, you find out that, okay, you know, maybe there's, you know, I I saw a bunch of does and I figured out, okay, this is how they're accessing that ag field in the evening. Um, You know, best case scenario, maybe you see that target buck that we're after um, off in the distance. Maybe you catch another buck that you don't even know is there um, cruising through and just, you know, checking out that doe bedding and all that. Yeah. I, Maybe I just blast I one on the first
0: we, afternoon, man. Just get it done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was hunting on Saturday. I'm like, what if Josh comes up, drives 15 hours, and then hangs in a tree and shoots one the first night and then just packs up and turns around and goes.
0: <laughs> Dude, no, it would be, first of all, it'd be like, hey, Pierce, can I come hang with you for a bit? Mm-hmm. And then it would be, all right, Pierce, you got yours or you're done hunting Now I'm headed for Illinois. Yeah. Or, or Southeast Minnesota. Yeah. That's up there on the list too. Mm -hmm. Um, I hear it gets a lot of pressure though, but so I don't know.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I don't know, man. I I think, um, night one, I still think going and scout, going and scout the observation sit, see some deer, whether they're near or far, get eyes on them. And then, right in the morning because you know those spots are there you know those spots are good and during the rut um my other spots yeah, true, yeah yeah
0: and and i know that they turn on a little later
1: yeah like that's yeah, the thing
0: exactly i know they turn on november 5th eight, nine, ten, yep. not necessarily november one or two right um, i mean i've I right. killed a deer in one of them on november 2nd but um the better activity comes a few days later
1: sure Sure. Yeah. I think, man, if you, cause you've said that before, that this, this whole property seems to switch on about a week later than what I normally see, which is usually, right. I mean, really today we're recording on the 30th through, you know, the fifth or so. And obviously it stays good through there. Those bucks run around, but usually we start seeing the best pre-rut into rut activity this coming week. Um, you know, and then after that, you know, whether it be lockdown or whatever you want to call it uh, there, it's just less consistent um, all throughout. Everything's just kind of, it, it almost like the lid gets taken off so far that it's like really hard to get any sort of pattern ability back. Right. Um, right. And then it's just kind of a crapshoot from there, which, you know, is for some guys, a lot of fun for us on a little five acre parcel kind of sucks. So <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. it's
1: really just a roll of the dice. But I, I think if yeah. you're, if you know that those spots switch on later in, you know, in in the week or into next week, I think use these first couple of days, um, that first evening, at least to scout some new stuff, get eyes on a couple of deer, maybe check out something you you know, you've had in the back of your mind, you kind of wondered about, but uh, you know, because I mean, one, you're, you're probably going to see deer and two, I mean, you'd hope not, but like, you know, you might end up seeing hunters as well. So if you're staying out there and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, dusk hits and then you start seeing the headlamps pop on and you yeah. see guys walk, you're like, okay, this is somebody was in here. Somebody was in here. Somebody was down there. Dude, that's a really um, good point. That's a really good point. I think that point. might just help you strategize a little bit. Yeah. I hadn't
0: even thought of that, but this, there are two spots way back in there I'm thinking about. And both of them would give me the opportunity to be like, Oh, there they all are. You know, like I would, mm-hmm. I would literally see every hunt cause you can see all the hunter access. I mean, it's right. It, right. Unless you go the direction in that I'm going in and which, mm-hmm. you know, that's just straight through the junk, but I can yeah. see all the main roads and main trails from that. Yep. You know, they're 800 yards away across the marsh, but
1: yeah, uh, I can, so you can see, see them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. That's what I'm going to do then, man.
1: Uh, the spots are going to be there no matter what.
0: They will. They will Just
1: wait it wait it out to get yep. there.
0: No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, all right. So I said that that's going to be my very first sit of the year. You, however, my good friend, mm-hmm. have a couple sits in. And I do. Yeah. You partially got pumped, and you partially got your teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to hear it all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. So, I mean, I've probably, I haven't counted them, but I think I'm probably at, you know, maybe five sits on the year, six sits on the year, um, like actual sits, like going in, getting in a tree and sitting. um, Like I said, I've been doing some scouting the last couple of weeks on some public that I, uh, you know, I'm trying to explore and just kind of have in the back pocket if the wind isn't looking good for um, the private, you know, my folks property that I've got, you uh, you know, plans to hunt. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got that last sit in, in, I mean, I think it was October 7th or something when I got that doe and I've, I haven't touched it since I haven't gone on the, onto that private. Um, it's a
0: good move by the since. way. It's a good move yeah. getting that deer out on October 7th. And I think you yep. see it hasn't hurt you.
1: No, not at all. I, I like that was honestly, that was like the best possible like, like that could not have gone better. The deer right. didn't run back into bedding. It ran towards bedding, didn't make it actually in there. It was with a group of, well, it was a group of four. I shot one of the larger does. Um, and the other three, like they all just, like I shot the doe that was in the back. It just happened to work out that way. She was quartering away. It worked out really nicely. 22 yard shot, smacked her. Um, and, you know, it, it made me kind of wonder too, if, having a fixed blade and I don't want to open up a can of worms here but having a fixed blade that doesn't you know crack open and like yeah. smack when it hits right um having a fixed blade that's that's you know wicked sharp hits hard and zips through a deer um it makes me wonder if it if it reduces that sort of like I don't know if I want to call it the shock value i guess of the of the mechanical because it doesn't make that smack when it hits the deer um you know instead it more so just zips kind of you know zips through it hopefully right um but i mean she i I don't think she ran 70 yards and she didn't know what the heck happened like she knew something was wrong obviously but she took off the other three were taken off in front of her she kind of veered off to the right and crashed and the other three sort of basically did a big circle they ended up walking right i mean with within 15 yards of my, uh, my stand going back the way they came. They just did a big loop and then there's three instead of four. But, um, okay. It it makes me, makes me wonder if just from a, yeah. Yeah. Knowing what hit them literally. Right. Um, and you're shooting,
0: you're shooting the Montex.
1: Yeah. G5 Montex. So you're not shooting, you're not
0: shooting like a two blade or anything. mm -hmm. I mean, it's a bigger cut,
1: um, like inch and an eighth, breed. inch and a yeah. quarter, maybe. It's not It's not huge. No, you know, I just, just, I run just run mean them like... I mean, you can buy them at... I just mean when I anywhere you know.
0: when I hear about the... When I hear about people saying like it's less of an impact on the deer, like their reaction, I hear people saying that about the two blade, you know, like the, the super sharp two blades, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a little sliver that it cuts though, really. But yeah. as I think about what you're saying, it, it makes sense. It'd be the same for, for some Montex, but um, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but... Here's uh here's what I'm shooting. This yeah, bad-looking freak show of a thing. And I've got a pack of Montex that are going with me that mm-hmm. I'm going to hand deliver to you cuz you All can right, have deal them. Uh but I like the Montex. They're <laughs> I good. Like I just I'm and, not I'm not going to resharpen them, man. That's just
1: I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on them too cuz like you, I know you had some trouble getting them sharp. Um Yeah. It I took me a long time to get them sharp because they've got their own bevel and then trying to, I, I was just running them over sandpaper. And right. it did take some time to kind of chew those things down and set that new edge. Right. Um, once I got it though, I mean, it's, I've had zero issues. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for, for my bow, those things fly great. I know you had trouble getting those things to tune well as well. Well, so. but,
0: but here's the thing. When I had trouble with those not flying well, um, And I just went back to the mechanicals like this year. I realized my bow is just out of whack. Like Mm -hmm. my, the, the guy who tuned it last did not do a good job. Right. And so they tuned it this year. I, I tuned it. I I stood there and watched the guy tune it like we did. We did it together. And he showed me everything that was incorrect. He's like, you see how this is set? This is wrong. You see how this is set? This is wrong. Um, the top hat spacers on a Matthews bow are, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how they do their tuning. They had different levels of spacers on the top and on the reverse side on the bottom. So my cams weren't even, like, correct with each all other. Straight. Yeah. So everything was really? off. Yeah. Everything was off. Everything. Oh. So he took all that off. He straightened everything out, got the spacing correct. Then he was like, now look at this. Your timing's off on your, uh, which he had, he had shown me that before. My timing was off on my drop-away rest. So he fixed mm-hmm. that. Um, just all, all kinds of stuff that we ended up straightening out. Now it doesn't matter what I shoot out of it. So I've actually got two different kinds of arrows. I've got some method archery. Um, what are the HMRs? And then I've got, um, the black Eagle deep impact arrows and Hmm. they both fly like friggin' darts out of this thing. One just hits about six inches to the right of the other. Really? Why? I don't know, but they do. Stop. So, I'm bringing them all, man. And if no matter something what happens, head you got on there? What's that?
1: No matter what head you have
0: on there. No matter what head I have on there. They the shoot, like, in a perfect line with each other. Yeah. Straight up and down. Just, like, so, and th- this is the weird part. So, I'll put, I've got 100 grain heads on there that I'm shooting. Mm-hmm. Darts. Throw 150 grain head on there. Darts. 200 grain head on there. Darts. 250 grain head on there. Darts, head on there they start to act a little weird. But, yeah. Anything from one to 200 grains, they don't care. Really? The, yeah, the arrows are just like, we don't care. Huh. Like, I've, and shooting these, like, I hadn't, this is gonna, this may sound corny to some guys, but man, I had my wife stand behind me in video in slow motion. Um, so I could see like how the arrow is leaving the bow. Yeah. And there's like, it takes no time for those things to correct. You know, you have, they Same. get to like bend to them and all. They're, yeah. they're corrected quickly and just downrange like a dart. Huh. Um. So, yeah, I'm real thrilled.
1: That's what you want.
0: Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point-of-view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that is a total game-changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with a sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions, you know just how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of mounts and adapters. This fall, I'm going to be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle, and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. All right, so anyway, you've had some sits. Sorry. Yeah, no. We digressed.
1: I was just about to ask what your uh, arrow setup no, was No, can't do it. Year.
0: Can't do it, Pierce. We got to <laughs> hear about your sits, man. We're, we'll never get back to it. We'll never get
1: back. Um, yeah, so anyway, my, my sits, I had. I shot that doe. Um, you know, low impact didn't spook anything. None of those four does even blew, um, after I shot the the one, which was really nice. No, nothing had a clue. I I haven't had a deer blow at me all year. Knock on wood. Here it comes. Um, Here it comes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so so that went really well. And then after that, I decided to lay off and then kind of started exploring some public, uh, found these islands, um, you know, w- it was hopping around uh, those things, saw just a pile of deer sign out there. Um, figured, okay, like I'll, I found some scrapes that were open and active, uh, and pretty much just got on one of the main trails and followed it through this chain of islands until I hit bedding, which was covered in rubs. And that was, like I said, you know, I had that one jump up after I got 50 yards past it. Um, <clears throat> so that's been definitely giving me a lot of grief. All the while, I've got um, a rather large deer running around uh, over on the private that I'm going to be hunting uh, later this week.
0: He's probably um, 120. Yeah. He's, he's probably 120.
1: Yeah, around there. Maybe a, maybe a <laughs> hair more. but <laughs> He's a giant.
0: He's a freaking yeah. giant.
1: Dude, he's a stud. Yeah. And he happened to show up yesterday morning. Around 10 a.m., which oh. was very nice. Oh. So uh,
0: with the with the, the same wind, was, what's that with the same wind,
1: same wind that it was yesterday, the and same terrible, terrible it, wind for what? No. So this was a different wind than okay. he's normally been shown. So traditionally he's been, or I guess for the last month, he's been showing up on a um, south wind. So south blowing north. Right. Right. Um, really, you know, any slight variance off of South, as long as predominantly South he's been happy on there and he likes to go that way. So we can check the bedding that's down, uh, down the ridge from us. Now, yesterday we had a, let me see here. It was a Northwest wind. We've had that in the past couple of days, uh, North or Northwest. And, I've hunted that before, but the issue with that is it blows all my scent up the hill out into this ag field, and they like to skirt the edge of that ag field uh, when they were going between bedding areas. And so pretty much you better hope that you can get a crack at that deer either before or after uh, he, well, I guess either way, before. Uh, Basically on either side of your scent cone. Right, um, right. There's a a scrape near where I'm at um, that opens up late. It opened up like a week ago or something like that. And it's just a ground scrape. There's like a couple little honeysuckle branches that they seem to be uh just kind of chewing on and stuff. But okay. um yeah, you know, for the most part, it's more of just a travel corridor. Um, it's a tighter trail than in what I've got uh you know, cut kind of around to our tree stands and stuff. And so it's it's just a little bit more cover for them to get through. And so while I was um hunting on Saturday, it was. Uh, I just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to make a throw, um, at my, you know, at the property just cause we had that massive cold front. Um, sorry, I'm stuttering here, guys. Uh, Josh's, <laughs> Josh's daughter decided to pay us a visit. Yeah, my I'm bad guys. Can... <laughs> my daughter is
0: home from school today. She's not feeling super well. And, uh, she came down here to just check on things and make sure dad's doing okay. How you doing? Good. You doing all right? All right. You're going to head back upstairs? All right. Love you. All right. Yeah. I was wondering if that that would be super distracting. Is that the first
1: Rayleigh child uh, cameo we've had? I
0: think, yeah, it'll be the first official one. Uh, (laughs) Now there've been some others, but I usually edit them out. I'm going to leave that one in there because that was just cute. That was just cute. um, Um,
1: Anyway. Yeah. So, so I, I decided, you know, with this cold front, you know, worst comes to worst deer are going to be moving on their feet and I decided to throw a sit at it um, from you know, a really just a non-prime area. It was going to be more of an observation sit just so I could see, you know, okay, I haven't been on this property since the 7th. I want to see how things are moving in the morning. Maybe see if I can get eyes on this target buck going back to bed because the past few days he'd been showing up um, on my neighbor's camera uh, right across the road from us. And so I've been.
0: Does your neighbor um, listen to this show?
1: No. No, it's not to my knowledge, but oh, <laughs> I feel like we, um, I feel like we should whisper yeah, about this. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> all right. But <laughs> um, So I, I got set up there um, kind of on a basically there's it's the way our property sets up. There's a creek bottom down the, in the, I guess, north side of our property, the very bottom of it. And then it kind of has a flat meadow just off the creek bottom. And then it goes up the hill through a little strip of timber and then up this little meadow and then that meadow goes up into the timber and then the timber goes all the way up the ridge to the ridge top and then up above the ridge or up above the timber, I should say is the ag field. And so it's, it's really good. Um, you know, we just see a ton of action, you know, everything like crossing the valley, cutting through our you know little corner and stuff um, or, you know, the surrounding area. And so I decided to set up uh, in the little strip of timber just off the Creek. So I was about 60 yards from the water itself. Um, got out there an hour before sunrise, just wanted to make sure I was in there quiet and hopefully I could hear some, you know, grunting and running around and stuff like that. Um,
0: I'm looking at a map of your property right now. So I'm trying to figure out exactly where you were.
1: Uh, South East, Southwest corner, Southwest corner. Gotcha. I like I sent you a pin to that. I got you. Um, and so I'm sitting in that little strip of timber and probably 20 minutes before first light, I start hearing some, you know, grunting and a little bit of bleeding and hear some splashing. And then I realize like, oh shoot, they are like in the creek right Ooh. next to me. And so um No kidding. It was it was uh it was one of those like higher pitched grunts though, you know. You know how you can tell if mm-hmm. it's like a stud mm-hmm. or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Sounds like a pig. Um, yep. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> And so I, I heard some of that, and then uh, you know I heard some, yeah, you know, walking around in the creek and and whatnot. Um, actually, heard one of them like gulping water, which was kind of cool. I Dude, never heard that awesome. before, but like could hear him drinking. Like it sounded like a dog drinking water down there, which is kind of cool.
0: Now, where they um, where they were crossing, or where you heard them down in the creek, mm-hmm. is that normally where they cross, or do they have a consistent crossing spot on that creek?
1: When I shot my buck last year, that is the crossing that he used. So it, it's worn down like that is definitely a crossing spot there. Um, it's kind of just above like a bend in the creek where it's still nice and shallow. It's about ankle deep if you're um, walking through with human legs. But <laughs> um, yeah, kind of a steep bank on the opposite side of it for the most part. It's it's very secluded, um, pretty easy, easy walk in there. But when I shot my buck last year, he beelined straight for that spot and then didn't make it much further past it. But, uh, I watched this little spike jog around. Uh, I didn't see the does or anything, but I watched this little spike, um, run around. And then as daybreak hit, um, saw another kind of like a, maybe like a six pointer or something. He kind of came shooting down from the, um, the timber up, up above me. And he scooted down, uh, to the, you know, he was South of me, probably a hundred yards. Um, but he kind of cut down through there into the Creek bottom down there. And then I saw doe get shoved out by something, but I couldn't see what, what pushed her out, but she mm. came skirting out of there down towards the Creek bottom as well. Mm. Um, and then after you know a couple hours, there it was probably eight 45 ish. I was like, you know what, I'm going to move over to this other spot, which was a little risky. Um, it was right off this opposite, um, Basically, the way our property sets up, there's kind of like a U-shaped hollow um, to the east of it, I guess, kind of northeast. And my best wind, like I said, is when it's blowing out of the south so that I can sit up on our corner of the ridge and have it blow off the top of it and then catch deer as they're working through our property across that ridge. So I set up on the opposite side of that, um, opposite side of the hollow, I should say, and kind of had it like the wind sort of blowing at this old, uh, barn that we've got on our property. And it was swirling a little bit and doing some goofy stuff. And so I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to hopefully see something, but I, you know, we don't see deer out in the open typically, uh, in this hollow, you know, hardly at all during the day. And so, um, I was set up there and took me a little while. I was just getting set up. And finally heard a couple of grunts that sounded a little bit deeper up on top of the ridge above me. And I know up there there's bedding. And so I could hear some of that. And I heard a little bit of crashing around, but nothing too crazy. And then I looked over and I could see kind of on the, I guess in the bottom of the U or like the back of the hollow kind of. Um, there was, like I saw a little patch of brown. Move by between the trees, and I heard some grunting more and more, kind of back that way. So I got the binos up, and I could see, you know, flashes of hide and stuff, and I, I just couldn't like pinpoint him. And finally, I saw like a tail flicker, and I was like, "Okay, that's exactly where he's at." Got the glass on him, and then kind of watched as he worked his way through the trees, which was, I mean, really hard to see him until finally he got in the opening, and I realized he was a buck that I have never seen before, Um who was. Very heavy and pretty darn wide. It was kind of cool. His tines, rather than going up, um, they kind of like laid out flat, super wide, um, almost kind of like a moose paddle, which is really sweet. And so he was in there. He was all bristled up. Um, I don't think he had a doe in there, but he was running around and kind of worked off. I grunted at him a couple of times because he was just kind of like as he was walking. Right. And nothing, you know, didn't get a response from her or anything. And then probably five minutes later, I see another patch of Brown kind of come scooting back the other way from where he came and I thought, okay, maybe he's pushing a doe and she's, you know, hopefully going to run across this ridge right over to me. And I don't know if it was a doe or not, but I see this patch of Brown and then I see another patch of Brown. And then I hear just a freaking like shouting match of grunting and it was definitely that old buck with the younger buck. It was the same kind of, you know, that two-toned uh, right. you know, grunting going on. And so I could hear just a couple, you know, little squeaks from that younger one. And then that old guy was just pissed. Like he was ready to murder that thing. Would, <laughs> I mean, he was running around. I, I'm sure you've had it where like, you hear a buck who's just really jacked up and he's grunting, but he's like, he's like shouting. Yeah. And so he was like back up in this hollow, and it just echoed so nicely too. But he was just like, oh. burr, 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 like just like going crazy after yeah. this thing, shoving this little buck around. And so I start grabbing my grunt tube, and I'm like, "Screw it, why not? If he's pissed <laughs> off, I'm gonna try and piss him off." And so I start grunting at him in pretty much the same exact, you know, trying to get the same volume, same, uh, you know, kind of tone and all that, hoping that maybe he gets angry and wants to come investigate. And so those two are grunting up the valley or up the hollow. I'm grunting where I'm at on that little knob, and then all of a sudden, probably—I mean, it sounded like it was within a hundred yards of me, just over the knob for me. I hear another one start grunting back at me, and so I'm—I'm I'm fired up, like, oh man, I'm going to be like right in the middle of all this. This is going to be sweet, and then uh, it just went quiet, and I—happened. So, <laughs> oh, dude, that was such. There was so much buildup, and
0: for. Like such a hard letdown,
1: yeah, for nothing. My Man. wind sucked; it was swirling. Like they, it's just not a spot that they would ever want to just like go to, um, right? And so it was just, you know, it, it was it was cool to see them fired up like that, and it was you know, definitely awesome to get the confirmation of like, okay, they are jacked up; they are getting super territorial. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to go in there and you know try and do something stupid on October. I think it was like what the 27th, 28th on Saturday. Yeah. 28th. Like I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow the five acres for a maybe shot at, you know, one of these deer that's just right. jacked up. And so right. um waited it out and then hopped down and, you know, went inside and I think it paid off. Cause like I said, yesterday morning uh, I had pictures of that target buck rolling through there. So um it, it's been, interesting i'm excited for this wednesday um so I, I, i'm hoping by the time you get up to wisconsin maybe you'll have to make a pit stop to uh you know come see this buck help you drive your buck yeah. Ground, hopefully. yeah exactly you know just you know yeah. stretch the legs a little bit um but we'll see I, I'm going to I'm gonna try and block out Wednesday and hopefully Thursday uh, if I can, maybe Friday if need be, but the 10 of temps are going to be on the rise, but, but uh, that, that's almost what where, you need
0: though. Like for the mm-hmm. way the wind works for your spot, you yeah. need, you need a day that the temps are rising because that's yeah. the day that you're going to get the Southeast wind that you're looking for.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? And that's I mean, true. we've talked about how you can make a North wind play on this, on this ground. And mm-hmm. I think, I think you can probably do it pretty effectively because I think if you're set up between, kind of, if you think about it, like you're almost in a straight line from like where you know the bedding is and where that creek crossing is, like that's not a bad spot to be.
1: (laughs) No, you know what I mean, not at all.
0: And I know you want to be up on the ridge
1: because
0: that's where uh, that's where Big Boy's been showing up. But
1: well, that creek bottom is really, really good in the afternoon and the evening typically, because that's then, when they're starting to come out of that bedding. They want to go down and get a drink and then they'll right. figure out where the does are at. They'll shove them around in the bottom. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, if I go up the night before and I pull in the driveway on, you know, November 3rd or November 4th, whatever it may be. And like I'll, I'll have literally driven up the driveway, like from the road, we got like a quarter mile long driveway, but like, you know, driven up that driveway over the Creek and, you know, kind of weave back up to the house. I'll get out of the car and I'll hear nothing but crashing brush and grunting within 50 yards of where I was just like, I can shine a flashlight down there and just have like, you know, four to six sets of eyes, just looking back up at me. Like you want to turn that off so we can get back to what we're doing here. Like, (laughs) Come on, man. Can we get a little privacy
0: over here? Right. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, dude, I, do I need something. you to, I need you to kill one, uh, or for me to kill. I, I would love to roll into town and bring you my deer cart wherever you are. Like I will have mm-hmm. the deer cart in the vehicle. I would love to just roll up and, uh, I know if it's at your property, you don't necessarily need a deer cart, but this thing's never had a dead deer on it. So it'd be, <laughs> a, <laughs> we gotta it. We'd do it just for fun. Uh, why are y'all carting <laughs> yeah. that thing? Like you're, the car's be right be there away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steep as that hill That's, is. Oh dude. Just hit your ride. On I it. was going to say, we just ride it down. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be an adventure. So, uh, well dude, let's talk a little bit about, you know, man, we've, we've, we've been going for 50 minutes. Um, let's talk strategy, mindset, any new gear. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you this time of year? I, I'm confident one of us is going to kill pretty soon. Um, yeah. I think it's probably going to be you. um, I'm probably going to mess up <laughs> on a, on an opportunity pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so like, what's your, I guess we kind of know what your strategy is going to be, but do you have any, like, what, what, where's your, Where's your head at? I mean, we're, we talked the other day about, um, the, the positive way that the blissful ignorance has impacted us this year, mm-hmm. me especially, yeah. um, when it comes to not having cameras out. And then all of a sudden we put cameras out and I'm down in the dumps and I'm like, (laughs) you know, I mean the world was my oyster until I put these stupid cell cameras out there. Mm -hmm. So that's messed with me a little.
1: I'm kind of getting like, I've had moments this year where I'm like, I really wish I didn't have that cell camera out there. Right. Cause it's just like, you know, I, I don't, I mean, like you said, you have, a couple of dry days and all of a sudden you're just like what the hell's going on like yeah there's no deer like all the deer just got up and left this property so i think keeping the mindset and like keeping it in in the back of your mind that like this camera is very much only a part of the picture right. like you said too like the public that you're on is massive and you only have two cameras out there right
0: <laughs> Right, and they're not even, they're not hard to access either. Like it's not they're not back in like right. what I would consider like the best cover right. for late October or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm you know, I'm kind of of the same mindset where this year I've only got the one camera up there and it's on a secondary trail. It's not even on the main trail. Um I had a regular SD card camera um on the main trail up on that ridge and I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it's the SD card that I'm using or what the hell happened, but the camera—I pulled the card on Saturday when I was up there. Nothing, like hmm. did not record anything. And so I was like, in the moment, for about five minutes, I was like really pissed. And then afterwards, I was like, you know, I don't need it because I've got, <laughs> I've got my neighbor. Sending me photos from his cell camera. So I'm like, okay, he's around. I know where he's at at least. Right. Um, but at the same time, like when I when I went up there to pull that card, right by that camera were some big old tracks. And so I'm like, okay, I know based on historical data, like especially when it's dark, like whether it be in the in the early morning or you know, they they like to cruise through kind of between like 10 p.m. and midnight typically. Right. Um so like, I, you know, I, I know that they're using that. And so I, you know, based off of last year's photos, I think I was telling you, um, you know, I had photos on that SD camera that were of this, you know, this target buck from last year when he was, you know, still a freaking tank last year. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I was like, dude, he's still only coming through on South wind. Like that's, that's clutch. That's huge to know. Um, but you know, I, I, realize that i think between like october 24th and november 6th or something like that like he was on there multiple times i didn't have any of him in daylight however this year on that cell cam i've got a bunch of him in daylight i mean right yes a bunch loosely but i'm yeah i'm just i'm I'm trying not to let trail cam intel influence anything for me um i'm trying to Trust that, hey, deer will move through this. Yeah, <laughs> I have not pressured this property too much. I've only hunted it on a good wind. Um, yeah, at least this prime spot, I've only hunted it on the on a good wind. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm chomping at the bit to get out there, but I'm. It, it's almost making me feel fresher when I do go in there because I'm not so burnt out from like trying to like get by with, ah, this wind kind of sucks, but like, I really want to get in there. Like, what the heck? Like maybe we'll, we'll make it happen. Like it's, you know, October 26th. And, you know, I should, I should get up there. You know, I had, I had pictures of them yesterday. Like I should go up there and, right. you know, throw a sit at it and all that. Like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not trying to force it this year. Yeah. I think now, talk to me at the end of the week when I don't see anything. <laughs> All of this like, okay, is subject like, to change. Probably, I'll probably hit the panic button then. Right. Oh, shit, man. Like, I got to, gotta, <laughs> right. you know, uh, you know, focus only on public now, or I need to just like rest the property until like right before gone. I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah, um, yeah. I- I'm just really trying to focus on the wind and let that sort of dictate my hunts um, as much as possible. I think yeah. I'm feeling good with my, you know, shooting and gear setup and everything. The only new gear I've got this year is uh I tweaked my back last week and so I ordered a little back band for my saddle from uh latitude that I'm pretty pumped to use because there were days last year throwing full day sits and that thing that I was like man one of those would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Um so I'm pretty pumped to use that. Um hopefully my tags Filled before I really have to put the thing to use, but we'll see. Right. (laughs) Um, but other than that, you know, I'm, I'm shooting well, target panics under control. The whole shooting process as a whole feels really good. Um, now yesterday I thought I was shooting great. And then I, I literally started thinking about that buck. Like I pictured the trail camera, Mm photo that i had from like two <laughs> oh, weeks ago oh, oh, and that oh. whole next round of i mean it was you know three arrows but like, like that next round sucked and i was like "Shit, oh. okay i got <laughs> a
0: little bit of work I, left to do
1: i gotta calm the nerves here a little
0: bit a little bit, bit of work left to do that's all right
1: in the moment i like to think i'll i'll hold my composure yeah. we'll see yeah we'll yeah see i realize this year man i'm being a real softy with the cold weather like i'm yeah just Uh, dude, I don't know what the deal. I used to like go out there and just like grade it out. But like this year I've been very much like, I'd rather be really warm. And like, then like my body feels like loose and everything. So when I grab my bow, I'm not like, you know, tense from shivering and then I'm grabbing a 30 degree piece of metal and then trying to draw that thing back and doing a somewhat smooth fashion. So I'm uh, throwing a little more stock in into what I'm wearing this year and just, you know, Throwing on the extra layer yeah, um, yeah, so that I'm, I'm comfy while I'm out there.
0: I don't blame but, you on that, man. I don't blame you on that at all. I remember uh, a time last spring when I had just gotten back from Wisconsin. I was talking to you on the phone. I'm out on my back deck, and I was like, you know what? This wool uh, underlayer that I have is garbage at this mm-hmm. point. I need to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, ah, no big deal. Well, we get to this fall, and I'm like, I don't think I'll need it. I won't need a wool underlayer, right? And then I look at the temperatures that you guys are getting, and I wussed out, man. And so I ended up buying a new wool underlayer. Um, because full disclosure, I've got Huntworth base layers that mm-hmm. are really, really good. But there, I've got their uh, their lighter weight base layers, yeah. and then their heavier weight base layers. I have, um, but I've only got the one, like the one set. And I don't know about sure. you, but I like to. I like to keep those fresh and try to rotate through them. I don't. Oh, dude, I don't
1: wash mine for the whole season.
0: (laughs) Dude, I I can do that with everything, but the base layers, dude, I cannot do that with the base layers. So I've only got the one set. So I was like, all right, I need some new ones. And man, the guys from Huntworth sent me an email like three weeks ago. And they were like, Hey, Mm -hmm. do you need anything for cold weather hunting? Let us know now, or you won't have it in time. And I was like, ah, yeah, I should get back to them. And literally like, saturday night i was like oh crap <laughs> <You> know, <don't, laughs> i never got back to him so uh so i ended up going on amazon because where i live amazon two-day delivery for most people is mm-hmm. like next morning delivery for me like Watch. we live close to a very large city and so literally if i order something right now it's here at like 6 a.m tomorrow morning it's um, huge yeah it's crazy but so i ended up ordering that and like three new sets of uh, wool socks, which is going to be fun. Cause I, like I said, I'm wearing uninsulated boots. Um, yeah. I, I have totally turned my back on insulated boots. I get that you need them at sometimes, but dude, I feel like for my feet, unless it's unless it's in the teens, I don't need it. Yeah. You know, I, I my feet just don't get that cold. Or more um, of a
1: gun season necessity.
0: Right. Right. And I feel like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm honestly this year, I'm not afraid to just climb down and go move around if I'm too cold. Mm-hmm. You know, like come up with a with a solid game plan and be like, Meh, I think they're going to be coming from that way, so I'm going to go over there. Yeah. Um, you know, so I got a little bit of new gear. I got a new game cart. Um, I can't find my back band for my saddle, so that's a sad thing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, Let's see. What else is new, man? Got the Grim Reaper Broadheads rocking this year. Oh, I got these sick rattling antlers that I just made. Yeah, dude, I I don't know what it is, but I have been a non calling dude like mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. That guy rattled in a buck like right up the hill from me last year, <laughs> yeah, and I right, had to right. I listened to him rattle and then Pow! <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, he just got one, and then I shot my buck like five minutes later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching videos of people like rattling and grunting in bucks, like in marshes and stuff, like getting down there in the nasty with them. Yeah, dude, I'm just fired up to try to go rattle something in, so. Uh, these bad boys are going to go with me this year. Oh yeah.
1: Um, yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. You know, we were, we were talking about that. How you know, do you think it's because it's in such thick, brushy, gnarly terrain, um, now that you're hunting in that wetland. Like, are they more receptive to calling or, you know, ant- or rattling or anything like that? Um, yeah. because they don't have the visual confirmation kind of like you right. know, turkeys in. uh, you know, out west versus around here or, you know, Midwest, they'll gobble like crazy and, yeah, they'll strut on their way in. But out west, they're a lot quieter, but they'll put on a full show. Um, right. You know, from whatever hilltop they're on. So exactly. Next one of the deer doing the same thing.
0: Exactly. Well, and I think it's a lot more realistic, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's normal to hear antlers rattling from behind those bushes over there. It's not mm-hmm. normal to hear antlers rattling from 30 feet up in that oak tree. Right. You know, that the guy's that the right. guy is sitting in. So I think a lot of it just goes into realism. You know, you're rattling it down kinda in where they're at as opposed right. to something that's not very um, very realistic. But
1: um how high are you setting up typically? Not high,
0: man. I mm. am I am first cover on the trail. Okay. First cover. Um well best. Best first best cover. How's that? Sure. Um yeah. Yeah. you know, once I get to where I feel like I've got sufficient backdrop and sufficient you know, if I want anything in front of me, which I typically do, um, I don't need to be very high. Probably, I mean, sure. three, three sticks with no aiders. Now mm-hmm. I do have some aiders coming with me this year. I've got a one-step aider and then a five-step aider. Um, if I use the five-step aider, the, the bottom step of it is on the ground. Okay. Like I, I don't, sure. I don't use a ton of it. If that makes yeah. sense. Like I'm not dangling that thing. Um, and then I'll just put that on my bottom stick just to get a couple extra feet. But most of the spots where I hunt, I don't need to get that high. I mean, 15 sure. feet, 14 feet. In fact, when I did a practice climb the other day in my yard, I uh, tied a knot in my pull-up rope so that I can measure about how high I am with, you know, oh, three, nice. three sticks in a platform. Just to get an idea. Because people always mm-hmm. ask me that. They're like, how high are you hunting? I'm like, pff, pff, three sticks? <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> whatever that equals for you. Um mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, that that's pretty much where I'm at. But, but dude, mindset, man, I am very uh, – I don't know, dude. I'm still kind of confident. Mm-hmm. I, I've lost confidence in those areas where the cameras are until today when, for some reason, they just turned on last night, which is wild. Yeah. You know, to go from one buck a day or maybe, you know, zero to uh, maybe a spike in a day to, oh, there were five bucks on there last night. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. something, something happened. You know, um, and that's how that spot was last year. You know, a bunch of little bucks running through it. Um, but I'm still confident. I'm confident and excited to get in there and figure something out. And I almost just want to kill something in a different spot anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I, I almost don't want it to happen again in that sure. same spot. Now, if my options are it happens in that spot or it doesn't happen, yeah, I'll take it happening in that spot yeah. again. But if, it's, if the only other option is it not happening, then uh or if 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 it'll happen somewhere else i'm i'm happy to to make that happen but um dude i think there's one more topic we don't have time to discuss it today i think we should record it for the for the how to hunt deer podcast though um yeah. and this is a topic we talked we talked a little bit about it before but it's the power of multi-day sits or not multi-day yeah. sits the power of multiple days to hunt um this is where the weekend warrior is really shortchanged because he can get in there, figure stuff out. By that time, it's Sunday afternoon. He's got to go back to work Monday morning. He gets back out there Saturday morning, and he's hunting seven-day-old sign. Yep. You know, or um, the sign could be totally, I mean, totally dried up, as in, like, it's not just seven-day-old sign that's kind of on the downhill, but, like, it's just gone, you know? like Right. maybe the, the tracks are washed out or whatever. So, um, but I think, I think I'm going to have to save that because we've been going for an hour and five minutes now and I'm about to have to go pick up my kids from school too. So my, <laughs> uh, my other two that aren't home today. Um, so yeah, but man, anything we need to leave people with um, my thing is this dude, get in the woods. Like when you're listening to this, go get in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see me in a parking lot, come say hi. Like don't just walk past me and go into the trees. Cause I don't, I don't want to hunt where you're hunting. If you're out there hunting with other people and you run into other people, just go say hello, tell them where you're planning on going. Especially if you were there first, like, feel free to just say, Hey, I'm planning on going over here. Just let you know. Uh, or if they were there first, let them have their pick. Like just be cool. Uh, don't be a jerk, hunt a lot, sit all day and sit in the rain. That's all I got. That's all I got. I
1: like it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think my only caveat to that would be if the conditions aren't right for your best spot, do not go in your best spot, wait it out. Don't rely on the rut to just like crack things open so far that, you know, deer are going to do something stupid. We all know that they do some, you know, some stupid stuff, right. But you know, placing your bet on them screwing up and them doing something stupid I mean, a a lot has to fall into place. That doe has to run right past you and be in such a hurry to get pat or, you know, away from that buck, um, you know, that she doesn't pay attention to wind you or maybe she does, but she just doesn't freak out and blow. Like, you know, so much needs to fall right into place. Yeah. Whereas if you're just hunting the right conditions for that spot, right, your odds of success, like you're not, right. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing things right. You're not relying on things to hopefully fall into your, uh, into your lap there. You, you and I were texting last week about uh, maybe it was two weeks ago. And I asked you like, what percentage of deer hunting do you think is actually just yeah. luck?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. do you
1: think like if, if you were to do everything right, the conditions are right, you're you know set up where you need to be off this uh, stand or whatever, what percentage of like, if you did everything perfect, how much of it still comes down to, well, The deer did or didn't walk past my stand. I think we just, we, what did we decide? Like 35% luck?
0: I think we were somewhere in that range, but, but here's what I was going to say when you were talking a second ago, when it comes to this, this rut stuff, like we're waiting for them to mess up. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's the rut deer will mess up. You can be in the wrong spot with the wrong conditions and still get one, but deer mess up more often in areas that they're already hanging out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're more likely yeah. to mess up in better spots. You know, they they mess up more often uh, if you. And by mess up, I mean you don't you don't get busted or whatever. Right. You know, they, they hang around. They they slow down enough for you to get a shot. They do that mm-hmm. stuff more often when you're in the right spot. Right, right. they're going to do it less yeah. o- less often on the edge of this ag field in the morning. Like that's that's the probably the exact example I was just is, thinking. Is yeah. it really? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they will come probably. down, they will come down the corner, or the, or the edge of that ag field in the morning. Yeah. Absolutely. They will during the rut. Mm-hmm. Once, twice, maybe. But if you're back there in that interior edge, they'll mess up and walk down that thing five or six times. Yep. You know, maybe even twice in a day, twice in a morning. Right. And so and I think
1: your odds of getting busted in those spots too are so much less because, I mean, we've all seen it when those deer working that field edge. Like, you know, yes, deer relate to edge, you know, edges and stuff like that. But like when it's on the edge of an ag field or the edge of a meadow where they are like out in the open, like deer don't like being out in the open. When they're cruising there, they're on high alert, looking for something to, you know, something off, something that, you know, they're like, okay, I don't like being out in the open here, but I'm trying to get to that interior, you know, little bit there with, um, you know, where there's cover and I can kind of relax and then focus on what I'm focused on this time of year. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, cool, man. Well, I hey, go I,
1: uh, kill something, folks.
0: Yeah. Go kill something. Go get in the woods. Don't sit field edges. Uh, no, I, it's, it's cool. Actually do, <laughs> especially if you're hunting public in Wisconsin, like go hunt field edges and uh, you'll be all right. Yeah. That's bad advice. Yeah. That's real bad. <laughs> advice. So, anyways, Evil, <laughs> yeah, Pierce man, thanks for coming on and uh doing this. I look forward to our next chat and hopefully you've hopefully got something on the. Like, oh, dude, we should we got to do something in person, yeah, we've got to do something in person. Oh, one more thing new gear piece, it, guys. If you're thinking about this and you're like, hey, for this rut, I'd like to fill my hunts, I got a lone wolf custom gear pocket arm, game changer. Not gonna lie, I'm not sponsored by them, I paid full price for this thing. I know nobody that works for the company but that arm is amazing and it's changed my life it took my uh my camera arm set up down from like 5.4 pounds to 1.4 pounds so totally different
1: you said the setup of that thing is like stupid easy. oh it's stupid
0: easy compared to the other like so simple so so simple but Anyway, all right, Pierce, got to run, man. Thanks for coming on the show, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, catch you next week. That's all for this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig this show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. While you're at it, if you could leave me a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. You can also follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman or at Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics, guests, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show. And if you're looking for more great outdoor content, check out the thesportsmansempire.com, where you'll find my other podcast, the How to Hunt Deer podcast, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts. And until next time, make sure you make the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin sportsmen.